Well, good morning, Lake Avenue Church. Aren't you glad you're here today? The music has been incredible. Can we thank our musicians and our worship team for leading us this morning? I'm sure you're struck as I'm struck. The things we have declared in song today are not light statements. We've asked the Lord to revive us again. We've just told him that it's going to be our delight to give our lives to him. And, and my guess would be that for most of us this week, there were plenty of moments where those lyrics weren't leading out in our lives. That's the part of being human. But the beautiful part of being a follower of Jesus and being a part of this community is we come week in and week out. And no matter how true these things were of every moment of our life last week, they can be very true right now. And we come and ask the Lord to change us in worship so that we can go about this next week and prayerfully be a bit stronger, be a bit more faithful, be a bit more obedient, and find the joy of following Jesus. Before I share a little bit more about um, Dr. Jorge Sanchez, my friend, who is a part of our church family, I want to let you know, uh, again, why we have taken three weeks from after we said thank you to Greg to not just jump right back into business as usual at Lake Avenue Church. We took three weeks very intentionally. It came through times of prayer for me and with others, thinking that we really needed to mark this season. Oftentimes at a transition at a church, the very presence of a, of a new interim preaching pastor for us in between Pastor Gordon, Pastor Greg, that was Denny Balesi, it in itself marks the season. And with our interim season uh, being from someone inside, myself, we just thought it would be really healthy to stop for a moment, to ask people who are a part of our congregation or who love us very intentionally to come speak to us in a time of transition. Now, don't get me wrong, I am itching and I cannot wait for next week to get started on our 10-week series in the book of Acts. In fact, I would ask you this week devotionally to read chapter one of Acts at least seven times so you're ready. <laughs> but I think you will agree if you've been with us the last couple of weeks that God is using some friends of Lake Avenue Church to speak to us very intentionally, whether it be our heart in that first week and our motivation with, with Lisa Borden, or the very strong and prophetic words institutionally even from Dr. Laverton last week. And this morning, a great privilege for us to have, I think we need to change his job title. So you guys can make a motion if you want, um, but Jorge is truly the senior pastor of Comunidad, oh, our Spanish-speaking congregation. Yes, it's a worship service, but if you know Jorge, and you come to our congregational meetings, if you walk by, you know that that is one thriving and healthy church who regularly is bringing more people into membership and baptisms every year. Jorge has been here a long time. You can read about him, and one of the greatest joys I have um, is to office next to Jorge and to get these wisdom nuggets from him all the time because he is a man who loves the Lord, loves God's Word, and loves people, and he has been a great um, leader in our congregation, and he has been an uh, incredible influence on my life, and I pray that he would become an incredible influence on your life today. 
I'm going to have us turn to your Bible. We're not going to have it on the screen. We're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. So you have a pew Bible or you have a phone. And just tell the people next to you, I'm looking at my Bible app, not my messages right now. (laughs) Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And when you see me push through a lot of these names and places, you'll know why Jorge wanted me to read the scripture to you. Starting in verse 1. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Bashah, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the terry of Asa, king of Judah. Asa then took the silver and gold out of the treasures of the Lord's temple and of his own palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus. Let there be a treaty between me and you, he said, as there was between my father and your father. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Bashah, king of Israel, so he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad agreed with King Asa and sent the commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. They conquered Ejon, Dan, Abel, Miam, and all the store cities of Natali. When Bashah heard this, he stopped building Ramon, abandoned his work. Then King Asa brought all the men of Judah, and they carried, and they carried away from Ramah the stones and timber Bashah had been using. With them he built up Gebah and Mizpah. At that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your land. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans the mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your land. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison, and at the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. The events of Asa's reign from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with the disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Then in the 41st year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his ancestors. They buried him in the tomb that he had cut out for himself in the city of David. They laid him on a bier covered with spices and various blended perfumes, and they made a huge fire in his honor. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Welcome, Pastor. Good morning to everyone. What a great honor is for me this morning to be in the pulpit of Lake Avenue Church. Um, it was back in 1978, while I was living in Santa Fe, Argentina, that one day I went into the Christian bookstore and I found a small book titled Lord make my life a miracle. Who could imagine then 
that one day I was going to be preaching from the same pulpit from where Pastor Ray Ortlund preached to Lake Avenue Church with so much, much distinction. Nothing short of a miracle had, could have produced such a result. But you see, you follow the Lord and He always surpasses our greatest expectations. Today for me is an honor to be with you. And I want to share briefly about my favorite verse in the scriptures. So, fasten the seatbelts, we are taking off. King Asa is not very popular among the evangelicals of here. If I ask all of you who were brought up in Sunday school, how many lessons do you remember to have heard on the life of King Asa? What would you say? Can I see your hands? <laughs> not very many. And if I ask all of you who worship regularly in a service like this one, how many sermons do you remember to have heard on the life of Asa? Not much better. However, buried in the pages of the historical books of the Old Testament, you have the story of this remarkable individual who ascended into the throne of Judah. And I read in chapter 14 of 2 Chronicles, verse 2, that he did what was right, pleasant, and good in the eyes of the Lord his God. As a result, the Lord blessed him personally and blessed the kingdom with unusual prosperity. I am making a long story short, but that lasted for 35 years. Now, after 36 years of uninterrupted financial prosperity, the Lord decided to test the spiritual temperature of Asa. And that is what Pastor Jeff read for us a second ago. And there we found that Asa, his spiritual temperature had deteriorated. He came down from being a man of God to being a consummated politician. And when he was confronted with a crisis, you heard how he operated. I'm sure that he congratulated himself that uh, the plan of his enemies were defeated. That instead he got many resources for his kingdom. But that decision exploded like a bomb in the courts of heaven. So the Lord in his mercy sent Hanani to speak to him a word of reproof but also a word of encouragement to get back into the center of God's will so he could be restored to the place of blessing. Four years ago, approximately, as I was reading this magnificent chapter, the words of verse 9 suddenly jump out of the pages of the Bible. And since then, those words grabbed my heart and has been a source of instruction inspiration, hope for my walk with the Lord and my service to Him. When I come to verse 9, I hope, as I share it with you this morning, it will also become a source of inspiration, of instruction, of hope for your life, for your walk with God. When I come to this magnificent verse, I read, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts 
are fully committed to him. Well, have you noticed that verse? For me, it speaks of three wonderful realities, amazing realities. The first one is that the Lord is in a search. The second is that he wants to bestow a supernatural gift on those who meet certain conditions. That is the third reality. Now, this is an amazing affirmation, don't you think? It encouraged me to know the first wonderful reality, and that is that the Lord is in a search. When I look at this phrase, it reminds me of three things. First, that the Lord is in a present search. Hanani said, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth. Mark the tense of the verb, present. That means that the Lord was looking for an individual, for a man, for a woman in the days of Asa, is looking today for a man, for a woman, and meanwhile, time exists. The Lord will be always searching for an individual. That is certainly amazing, my friends, that the Lord Almighty may be interested in you. He wants to fill you with his glory. He wants to use him, use you for his purposes. Well, that is amazing indeed. If you ask me today, what is the Lord doing right now? He's looking at you. He loves you. He saved you. He gave you his glory when the Holy Spirit came to live in your soul. And he's looking for an instrument to advance his purposes in these generations. What an amazing reality that the Lord is in a search. The second thing that I say is that a personal search. You see, the Lord to advance his purposes, he never works with masses. He needs one individual. When the when his nation was crying in Egypt, in bondage, the Lord took Moses and used him to bring people out of slavery. When the nation was at the point of disintegration because of Saul, the Lord raised David to rescue the nation. And it has been always the same throughout history. He always is looking for a man, for a woman, to him, he can empower supernaturally. And the encouraging thing for me is that this is a universal search. Hanani said, the eyes of the Lord look range throughout the whole earth. Blessed be his name. Pasadena is included in that search. He's with us this morning. He's looking at you. Can we be his candidate for what he wants to accomplish in the next generation? That brings me to the second reality, and that is that the Lord wants to bestow a supernatural gift. Mark that word, those words. Hanani said, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those Mark it, my friends. He wants to give something that you and I cannot manufacture with our intelligence, with our natural gifts, with our education. 
Nothing that we can do can bring this supernatural gift. The Lord says, I want to bestow on you power. If you read this verse in several versions, you will notice that it has been translated strengthen, empower, show himself strong. And that is exactly what it means. It's such a rich word that remembers us, reminds us that the Lord wants to do something special for those who meet his conditions. And when I read that declaration, it seems to me that he wants to empower each one of us to love and to serve. You see, the Christian life is not difficult. It is impossible without the power of God. I need supernatural love if I want to serve you. Let's imagine for a second that tomorrow I would be appointed the next senior pastor of Lake Avenue Church. What kind of church will I receive on Tuesday? A united church? A loving church? A wonderful church? Well, I fear that will be a church filled with human beings. Like you and me, average individuals. Now, Sorry to disappoint you. You know, the Lord was not politically correct. He didn't care about your opinions or my opinions or CBS opinions or CNN or whoever you watch. I read Luke 11:13, and there he says, if you who are poneros can give good gifts to your children, how much more your father will give the Holy Spirit to whom that asks him. You say, what do you say, Pastor? Poneros. What is that word? What does it mean? Well, let me inform you. It's the Greek word for the devil. When the Lord taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, he said, and deliver us from the poneros. And now says, if you who are poneros, oh my, no, no, no. Let's move, please. We have a problem. We are fallen individuals. And despite that the Lord came to our rescue, the old nature is still working in us. So we need supernatural power to love, like Christ loved us. We need supernatural power to serve. Especially if somebody is different to you and me, coming from another culture, from another ethnic group. One day you decide to go to do shopping. And in the supermarket you find a Spanish lady. And you begin to talk to her and you say, Teresa, on Tuesday we have a home Bible study in my home, in my house. Would you come? And she says, yes. At 7 o'clock we meet. Tuesday comes, 7 o'clock. And nobody knocks at your door. And around 8.45, when you're saying, okay, brothers and sisters, it's time to go home. Let's pray. Ring. 
and you open the door and there is Teresa with her sweet smile and her 12 children. <laughs> and you say, oh my. You invite the children to come in, they are released, and you say, I didn't know that Hurricane Dorian was coming to LA. And by one o'clock you say, Teresa, I think it's time that you go home. The children have to go to school tomorrow. And there you are. After they leave, you call your husband and you say, honey, we have to move to a gated community. <laughs> you see, my friends, to love and serve, we need a supernatural power. Besides, I think we need supernatural power to defeat the works of the enemy who are working against us every day. <laughs> Some of you are going to say, Pastor, if you talk about the devil, like walk out of the service immediately. Whom do you think you are speaking to? We are Americans. We are Lake Avenue Church. That is exactly why I want to mention this topic. Because, my friends, you see, I read in my Bible that the devil, like a roaring lion, is seeking to whom he may devour. But that is not the approach he uses in North America. That is the approach he uses in Saudi Arabia, where if you declare your loyalty to Christ, he will come to you with a beautiful smile in his face and will say, okay, so you are a follower of Christ. We are going to slash your throat. We are going to crucify you. We are going to hang you in the streets of Riyadh so everybody can see what kind of fool you are. But that is not how he operates here in North America. He's too clever for that. He rather approaches you and me like a snake. Very crafty snake. Not like a cobra that can sh kill in one shot. But rather like a boa. It gets near you and then and surrounds you and then bit by bit begins to take away the vitality from you. So much so that you are reduced to the level of being a nice person, a nice individual, an excellent citizen of the land. You see, my friends, the churches today are filled with nice people, except that sometimes I have to ask you, where is the power? Where are the fruits? The devil is very crafty. He doesn't mind that you come faithfully to church every Sunday, that you participate in every activity of the kingdom, except that if we are not careful of his dealings and how he operates, we can end up being people like that fig tree in the times of Jesus, who was filled with leaves, but no fruit at all. We have to pay attention. Satan is a master of this guy. He infiltrates seminaries, denominations, churches, families, and he's after you and after me. And I must say you that because I have dealt with him many times, be careful. Don't be distracted. Do not fear him, fear the Lord, but be aware that he's working against you. He will be happy if you are a religious person but like I said, no power. 
to defeat the enemy, we have to have supernatural power that the Lord wants to provide to us. That is what the Bible says. The other thing that I want to remind you is that he wants to give us power to be his witnesses. Next week, you will be starting Acts chapter 1. Read that chapter seven times, said Pastor Jeff. I hope you do eight. My good friends, you remember the story. The time has, had come for the Lord to go up back to glory. And what were the disciples up to? Well, some of them had been reading the book of Amos with his cry for social justice. And they imagined that the new economy that was dawning and starting was going to be one to be building houses and correcting all the evils in society. And some others were reading the prophets, Ezekiel and Zechariah and Daniel, and they thought that the new economy was about heaven and singing every Sunday when we all get to heaven. What a wonderful that day that will be. But the Lord said, you smart ones, listen, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses to all the nations of the earth until the last day of history. And that is exactly what I read in the book of Acts. That the disciples understood clearly that their mission was to be witnesses of the Lord. And under severe persecutions and difficulties, they prevail because they had power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When the Holy Spirit came, it brought to earth an explosion of miracles. And that is exactly what the Lord wants to reproduce today. Except, Back in 1986, Dr. Peter Wagner, a distinguished member of this congregation for many decades, came to Vancouver to teach the seminar how to break the 200 barrier. And I remember very distinctively that Dr. Wagner said, in the average American church, only 2% of its members are sharing their faith. Two percent. And he said, only 2% have the gift of evangelism. Well, I, won't, I don't want to disagree with Dr. Wagner. I mean, I'm happy he's in heaven. But when I heard that statistics, to me, it gave me other information. And that possibly only 2% of God's people are working in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's serious. That is very serious. Because the Lord said, you will need power to be my witnesses. That is why I will send you the Holy Spirit. When today I see a church that is growing, I say, there is a church where the Holy Spirit is Lord. And is filling his children to be his instruments of power and show his glory on that place. Yes, the Lord wants to give you a supernatural gift. Somebody will say, but pastor, 
Are you saying to us that the Holy Spirit is not in me? Please, don't get confused. The day that you were born again, who put that clock over there? Okay, I have to land the plane here. Um, you see, I preach 45 minutes in Comunidad every Sunday, guys. I am corrupted like Asa. Well, you see, the Lord wants to empower you to be his witness. Now, the Lord is in a search. The Lord wants to empower you. But also I find that there are certain conditions that we have to meet. When I approach the last part of the verse, it says, whose hearts are fully committed to him. That speaks to me that if we are going to receive the blessing of God, we need two things. Basically, a united heart. A heart that is working with passion. That is moved by a powerful passion to love Christ, to know him, to taste his glory, to be filled with his fullness, to be filled with every possibility that he offers to us. A committed heart reminds us that there is a throne in the innermost being of myself and that somebody is sitting on the throne and that we worship the person that sits over there. If the Lord is sitting on the throne, we will have a heart fully committed and not distracted by the things of earth or many temptations that the devil may offer us. Which leads me to believe that the second condition to receive this supernatural gift is that we have to have a, have a heart of humility. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 66, 2. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Mark the last phrase. One of the greatest dangers that I have seen in the Christian life is that many people read the Bible and they find things that they do not understand. And they say, what the Bible says does not correspond sorry, with my experience. Therefore, the Bible must be wrong. And here comes the devil and makes the person to lower the Bible to his level of understanding or experience. Instead of raising our experience to the level of the Bible. One day I was young. I read this Bible verse that you find on the screen. I didn't understand what he was talking about. I didn't understand what he was saying. But the Lord took me to Vancouver and gave me a ministry to people who were so different to everything I know. That I had to begin to pray and after 10 years of praying... One day he gave me the gift of deliverance. And I kept praying and healings came. And I found that what the Bible says 
It's absolutely true. Except that my experience needed 20 years to get to the level that the Lord expects. So here we have the word. The Lord is searching. The Lord wants to empower. But we have certain conditions to meet. How do we respond then to the word of God? We read that Asa was angry with the seer because of this. And he was so enraged that he put him in prison. Shame on Asa. He lost it completely. You read the rest of the story and he goes down all the time. And my brothers and sisters, I don't think, I hope no one, having received what the Bible says, you are going to turn away and say, well, thank you, Father. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, whoever. Nice talking is not for me. Rather, I would like to encourage to all of you who has been faithful to the Lord and has been serving Him with excellence for decades, be happy with what the Lord gave you, but never be satisfied. Ask Him for more. He has more things to give you. Life is too short to receive everything that He wants to give us. So keep knocking, keep asking, keep calling. The Lord hears you. He knows you. He's searching for you. He wants to give you more of his glory. Now, here, maybe some who are, <laughs> who are racing the race with an empty tank, with four flat tires. The Lord wants to say to you, it's time to get back to the center of my wheel. I want to deal with you. I want to feel you. I want to bless you. I may also be here people who are out of the kingdom. Let me remind you. The Lord loves you. He has a tremendous plan for you. You have to ask for the blessing. So in closing, can I invite all of you in this moment? Can we stand up, please? And can we read aloud this mighty affirmation, this mighty declaration? Now, before you do, don't read it like, <laughs> let us read it like an act of war that will be listening hell and they will shake. For God is here with us this morning. And we are going to declare as an expression of loyalty to our Savior and friend, Pastor Jesus Christ. Shall we go? For the eyes the Lord bless you the Lord bless your family the Lord bless Lake Avenue Church the Lord bless this beautiful land of America where we are be the name of Jesus Christ exalted forever and the people of God say and the people of God say, Amen. Amen. To him be the glory in the house. The Lord bless you all.